Welcome in. It's week two of the Penn State football season, and you are in the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue, Sean Fitz with you as Buffalo comes to town on Saturday evening, the first game under the bright lights of Beaver Stadium at 7.30. Penn State coming off a 79-7 victory over Idaho. We're going to take a quick look back at that in a moment. Um, hopefully, though, you got a chance to, to check out our post-game podcast for the first time we came to you from Beaver Stadium Uh immediately after player interviews and, and James Franklin's press conference. And, and Sean, uh, the reception has been very good. Appreciate that from our listeners. And as we said, uh, if, if the feedback is there, and, and more importantly, the listeners are there, uh, then it's something that we, we want to keep up. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback from everybody. Uh, the, the numbers will ultimately tell the story. And so far, so good. We appreciate you listening. Uh, it's going to be a big test this week as we're going to probably put that one up at about 1.30 in the morning. So it might just be me sleeping in front of a microphone and Tyler talking the entire time. But as long as you listen, that's what we care about. So thanks for thanks for helping us out with that experiment. Hopefully we can come back. And, and so far, the feedback's been great. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening. And we're going to we're going to keep it rolling. And right now we'll keep it rolling into a quick recap of that matchup we talked about last Saturday. And, and we'll start with with offensive, defensive and special team standouts, Sean. And Give our, our picks here. Offensive MVP. Um, I'll let you do the honors for this one. I, uh, I have my pick, but I'll let you go first here. I'm going to go with K.J. Hamler. I think that's the, the obvious guess right here. Four targets, four catches, had a big carry, two touchdowns. Um, basically what we expected K.J. Hamler to be against a team like Idaho. So not going to spend too much time on the Vandals, but uh, K.J. played very well, and I think that's a good sign for, for everyone moving forward. And I'll go with the guy who got him the ball a couple of times, Sean Clifford. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people realize he racked up 330 total yards in, in just a little bit over a half. I know who the opponent is, uh, but the a number here that stood out to me, no turnovers. And, and and he talked about shaking off that, that you know, little bit of adversity in the start, some nerves, uh, some butterflies, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I thought he came through and, and looked the part. So I'm going Clifford. Uh, defensively, you can go in a few ways. I'm snagging this first one. Uh, Itor Gross-Matos, uh, two and a half sacks in the first first half and started a season off kind of exactly how you'd expect and uh, really impressive, especially since he was away from the team for the summer. Yeah, I don't think there's worth uh, there's much time worth discussing this. Gross Matos was dominant as he should have been, uh, just ripping guys apart, basically getting uh, getting a nice uh, nice jump on his stat uh, sack stats for this year. Which you know, if he's going to be in the awards hunt later on, you hate to say it, but pile him up now while you can. So uh, I think that uh, Gross Matos is the guy. Moving on to special teams, uh, first impression from Jordan Stout, quite good. Uh, Twelve touchbacks, one fair catch in his thirteen kickoffs, hit a fifty three yard field goal apparently he's the bomber for the staff now um so i i really impressed with jordan stout and i as we said this the other night cannot believe virginia tech could not find a scholarship for this kid oh, and i tweeted that during the game and and in the past week i'll tell you what uh, virginia tech fans have kind of taken that and run with it a little bit they're not pleased about it seeing what he did and and james franklin joked on the practice field wednesday that uh photographers cheerleaders they gotta they gotta be on the alert when jordan stout's kicking the ball off we'll give a little bit of tip of the cap here jake pinnegar uh, perfect on a lot of extra point duties uh also connected on both of his field goal attempts so a, a nice start for both of those guys so um as we said we we broke things down a little bit more detailed, fresh off the fresh off the field, and, and breaking things down on Saturday night. So I would encourage you, if you want a kind of a, a more of a blow by blow recap of the Idaho Penn State game, check that one out. That's our last episode of the podcast. But a few takeaways here, Sean. Uh, James Franklin at his Tuesday press conference went ahead and said that he felt it was the most well executed opener that Penn State has put together during his six seasons on campus. I uh, thought it was a big statement. I don't think he would say that just to say it. Um, I 
you know, the opponents every year are going to vary who you play week one. But I think the biggest thing was we talked about it on the postgame podcast. The, the huge numbers were impressive. The yards, the first downs and, and the touchdowns, but three penalties. It was a crisp start for a very young team. And, and I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Well, I mean, what are we saying? We're coming away from the game uh, complaining about Matt Hippenhammer as your third punt returner because he, he had a couple of fumbles. I mean, that's that's what we're taking out of that game. And, and a lot of people have spent their time complaining about, you know, Penn State running up the score, which is another thing. And then there's a little rant in the post game about that. Um, but uh, it's, it, yeah, it's crisp as can be. I mean, you you obviously wanted to come out of the gate and score a couple of touchdowns and, and, and Sean Clifford, could, could have made some better decisions early, but, I mean, he settled down. He did exactly what he had to do and, and took it from there. So, yeah, crisp is a good way to uh, to describe it um, for a young team. You want to get those guys all the snaps they can. You want to get Will Levis uh, the ball in his hands and see what he can do. You want to get guys like Des Holmes out there. Michael Miranda was the staff's co-offensive player of the game. He played a bunch at a couple of different spots. And, yeah, I just think it's it's all about that experience. I mean, we, we keep talking about how talented this roster is, and we say talent with experience well there's only one way to get them experience and if that's going to be uh you know running up 79 points on idaho so be it i mean james franklin's paid six some six some million dollars to put out the best team he can put and this is going to be a preseason exhibition type of uh, uh type of preparation for this team then he's going to have to do it and besides we got to see a lot of nick yuri which is always awesome because he was uh he was fantastic in his role on saturday and i can't speak for you know decades back but i'd have to imagine there aren't many penn state programs and, and additions of the Penn State roster that have been this talented when you go three deep, uh, you know, down down at certain positions. And, and that's what they've got cooking right now. So you bring in the reserves, they're, they're still going to have athletic edges and, and pretty much uh, any matchup against a team like Idaho. You're, you're going to anger the history crowd, just a heads up. So watch your mentions. Uh, the uh, 68 team is coming for you or something like that. Bring it on if they're on Twitter. I don't know if they're on Twitter or not. Um, now, now we talk about some of the young players uh, being involved, Sean, and and. Noah Kane, Devin Ford, get used to those guys being on the field. Early and often is what we've said about their impact on this program. They came in with the green light. You saw it firsthand. Came with a couple scores. Uh, Noah Ford, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Devin Ford uh, had the 81-yard touchdown run. He went over 100 for the day. Those guys are going to be staples, I think, of this offense. We'll see where their roles go from here. And then I think defensively, Brandon Smith, he got some nice momentum going, got the juices flowing, got those guys excited on the sideline. Great, uh, great shot of C.J. Thorpe reacting to a big hit he had late in the game. Um, those were three guys, and, and not, not surprising, those were probably, you, you, you could have put those three guys on top of the recruiting class easily when you, when you were kind of ranking their signees for 2019. Um, and, and those were the three that stood out to me, and I expect to see all of them, you know, probably all 12, 13 games this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you're, you're going to play those backs. They're talented guys. I mean, running back's no longer a position where you're stashing guys. And, and if you are, you probably don't have the top-level talent at the at the top. I mean, this 1-4, and, and and Ricky Slade really didn't do much on Saturday. He looked like he was he was a little bit dinged up or, or, or something like that. But he didn't, I think, six carries or something like that for nine yards. Um, looked fine. Should have had a touchdown. Uh, that's beside the point. But I thought Ford looked fantastic. I thought Kane looked exactly like we thought Kane would look. He's a guy, he's a forward runner. He's going to move some piles and do some things. And Brandon Smith um, really, you know, kind of exceeded expectations based on where he's on the depth chart. I mean, he was all over the place. He looked like he belonged and he looked like a guy that can push to uh, to get some more playing time. And and another guy that, that you didn't mention him before, but Weston Carr is a guy that kind of fits that mold. He came out and did not play much uh, in the first half. 
had three catches, and I think he looked good doing it. There was a lot of talk about Dan Chisena in the offseason, what he could bring to the table. Chisena got out there, really didn't uh, have that much of an impact. I think he slipped on one of his routes, and we didn't get to see him really go deep. But Weston Carr, crisp route runner, made some, uh, you know, just completed catches, which is obviously a low bar from where we're coming from from last year, but completed the catch, ran some nice routes. And as we saw on Thursday, or excuse me, on Wednesday at practice, he, he sort of has worked his way into a few more reps than, we, than we've grown to grown accustomed to seeing. So those four guys really, I think, made an early statement. Um, Aside from Stout, uh, we didn't see a ton of Jaquan Brisker. I mean, he was out there, but really didn't see him. He really wasn't pressed into action, let's be honest. So um, those new guys certainly made uh, some sort of statement. And uh, I agree, the the, the special teams, um, adding guys like Keaton Ellis to that group. I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at some, some young talent that's going to, I guess, uh, transition itself into the game and, and help this roster from, from top to bottom. Carr is interesting because he does juxtapose the other guys we're talking about who, you know, had 30-plus scholarship offers coming out of high school. He's a guy who had to go that Division II route and made the most of it as an All-American. And, uh, yeah, expecting to see maybe uh, more of him in, in Game 2. We'll see where it goes from here for, for, for Carr. Up front on the offensive line, it's going to be in the spotlight all season long. Uh, we're looking for development there. And it's very clear you're going to see a lot of uh, three tackles and you're going to see a lot of three guards. Uh, at the guard level, you talked about it. Mike Miranda, the the – Franklin identified him and the staff identified him as, as the co-offensive player of the game with KJ Hamler. That speaks volumes, I think. And, and obviously you've got CJ Thorpe getting his first start at right guard Franklin on the field on Wednesday night, uh, you know, saying that, that he does, you know, you do see the reflection of him being that tone setter and that's a good thing for them to see, he, you know, through the echo of the whistle, as they say. And, and additionally, Steven Gonzalez, who as a fifth year senior is, is fighting and scrapping and crawling to, to, to keep himself in the lineup and also to build his NFL resume. So uh, at tackle, though, Des Holmes, I thought he played very well. He came up with that great block, uh, springing Devin Ford there um, for the 81-yard touchdown. And we saw a lot of Will Fries, and we saw a lot of, uh, of, of Rasheed Walker playing on both tackle positions in his first start. Uh, interesting to note here, Will Fries got some love from James Franklin during the press conference. He did reference some of the nagging injury issues that he had last year. Didn't specify that, but it's something that you have referenced in the past, Sean. Um, and, and he thinks that Will Fry is now healthy, uh, is playing consistent football and and we've said all summer all offseason that's really all you need from will fries don't need him to make a leap to be a first team all big 10 player that'd be great for penn state but you need him to be consistent game in game out because you didn't get that last year you, you want to I, I want to lump him in with a guy like Shane Simmons as a guy that's going to take some reps to get back into feeling comfortable while feeling healthy I think that that's that can't be understated with a guy like fries but I, I I agree with you I like what Holmes did um when he was out there of course they, they they feel that Holmes is more comfortable on the left side so they move Rasheed Walker over to the right side any versatility you can get out of a redshirt freshman like that um you know maybe what maybe it'll feel like you're throwing too much in him at some point but to get Holmes out there to get him reps to get uh, to to get Rasheed Walker reps on both sides are good. And I like the fire being lit under Steven Gonzalez. I said it last week. I mean, you're going to have to get him back going. I mean, he basically admitted he was all but out the door. So you sort of have to, to light that fire to keep that going. Michael Miranda played well. C.J. Thorpe played well. And I love what Franklin said about Thorpe. He said during camp, uh, Thorpe would just, the, the defense hated going against Thorpe. It's not that he was beating them back or anything like that, but there would be fights, there'd be scraps, there'd be a lot of talk and things like that. And then when it transitioned to Saturday, when it's another defense out there going against Thorpe, 
uh, that's when the defense really relished it, and and they they appreciated what he was doing because he's going to get in people's heads. He's going to get, uh, you know, he may have his fair share of unsportsmanlike or personal fouls or something like that. But you need that out of some of your offensive linemen. So was impressed what we saw out of those interior guys. I think Menitz continuing to come along. Um, like I said, Gonzalez is he's got to be on his toes because the they're, they're lighting that fire on one end, but he's got guys coming after him on the other end. And uh, yeah, I mean. Can't really take too much away from this offensive line's performance against Idaho. They they should win that game. They should outright uh, just dominate Idaho, even though Idaho did have a pretty big defensive front. But uh, continue those steps. And as you get into Buffalo, you have to fine-tune some of these things to get into Pitt and just so on and so forth. So I, I like what we saw from the offensive line. Don't want to take too much out of it in week one. But, I mean, it's a step forward, and it wasn't co- a complete disaster. We'll go with that. Yeah, and you didn't get Sean Clifford bat around. And I thought it was impressive. Kudos to Rashid Walker for in his, in his first college start playing both tackle positions, and, and that that's that's you know again speaks to the talent level and, and the way they uh, view him on, on the staff. On the other side of the trenches, uh, Franklin comes out of this game reconfirming his thoughts that he thinks he can go. They have a true six deep uh, at defensive end, three on one side, three on the other, and and you know we saw Shaka Tony, we mentioned Etor Grossmatos, Jason Oway, uh, all part of the sack party. Uh, you know, and again confidence. And Adiza Isaac seems to be growing. Shane Simmons is getting his legs underneath him again. Uh, and Daniel Joseph is a guy that, that that they think they can count on. And, and we're still waiting to see him flash at, you know, in his fourth year on campus. But the interesting thing is here at defensive tackle, and we did not see Damian Barber in the opener. He will be back for week two. Uh, he was suspended for a violation of team rules. Uh, James Franklin told us, told us on Tuesday at the press conference. Um, so you get him back in the rotation. But Fred Hansard, uh, you know, he, he's back on the football field. And credit to him because I don't think think you know when he walked off last fall if, you, if we thought he'd be back in full action uh, when the next season rolled around but it's more about those guys at the top I thought PJ Mustafer looked the part kind of what we've been building him up to be Robert Windsor out there Antonio Shelton out there uh, you love that top three right now and and you, then you got Judge Culpepper and Neas Hawkins getting going a little bit it sounds like if you're gonna throw a six defensive tackle in there right now Judge Culpepper probably has the edge uh, but but it's not quite six deep but but Franklin uh, you can see the wheels turning and they're starting to feel better about this defensive tackle spot than I think they have really the last couple of years. Yeah, it's a, it's about cultivating that depth behind him. And in these first couple of weeks, you're going to see a lot of that. Um, I would probably put Culpepper as number five and Hansard as number six. I don't think Hansard's quite back up. Uh, again, like we mentioned with Simmons and, and Fries, guys that were hurt last year, going to take some time for those guys to get comfortable in, in playing healthy and, and things like that. And I think Culpepper was out with the second team with Mustafer, if, if I'm correct. Uh, going back to defensive end, Adisa Isaac's a guy that uh, looked like he belonged out there. Of course, he's still a, a developmental guy long term but he's going to play this year right away and just those defensive ends are so good and it's it's going to be a theme all all season long I know it's Idaho. I know they did what they were exactly what they're supposed to do, but I expect them to continue doing that against Buffalo this week, against Pitt next week, and and I'm just really excited to see where that production is going to come from because if it wasn't Gross Matos, Tony got a sack, Awe was back there, uh, Adisa Isaac was pretty active as well, and you've just got all over the place. Simmons looked probably a, a step slow, but again, getting back into where he needs to be is the most important part. It's not about uh, racking up sacks or, or tackles for Simmons at this point. So just you're going to see a lot of those guys. You're going to see three of them on the field at a time. You're going to see them go after the quarterback. And Penn State three-man rush of of Tony and Owe at the ends and Gross Matos in, at tackle, I mean, that's that gives your back, I guess, back eight 
a lot of flexibility and it's going to they're going to be able to get to the quarterback with three guys and that's going to be exciting to see and if you could fill a gap with Micah Parsons or something like that that's even better obligatory Jason Oway mentioned from me, Sean. We had him on the practice field on Wednesday afternoon, as you know. Uh, he says, yeah, 4 3, three 40 yard dash. I guess we'll find out. I think a lot of people are going to have trouble wrapping their brain around that because I don't think anyone's run that time as a, as a defensive lineman in like 20 years at the NFL Combine. Jason Oway is a different guy. We know that. Uh, and so there you go. Jason Oway says he ran a 4 3, three 40 yard dash uh, before spring camp and he got a sack in this first game. So moving forward, uh, on the negative side, if you've it's the least <laughs> amount of time you've ever spent on Jason in your life, congratulations! Uh, long season ahead, Sean. Uh, Pat Pat Fryermuth, uh, we saw him active in practice. So was Nick Bauer. So was Brenton Strange. So was Zach Koontz on Wednesday, uh, which is a good sign because last we saw him on the football field for Penn State, he was looking dinged up. He t- took a hard hit uh, during the Idaho matchup and, and, and walked off the field. And, and when you see a hit like that, the, the way we kind of assess those collisions in, in football right now, you know, your, your brain kind of wanders on, on what could be going on with Pat Fryermuth. But in action, but I'll be curious to see how they manage this. You know, this is another game where, where they're a four-touchdown favorite. Got a long season ahead. Pat Fryermuth is a very important piece of the process, and uh, so I think it's just something to keep an eye on in, in, in this Saturday. I agree, and I, I don't think there's any real need to throw him out there in full reps. Uh, we saw Bowers running some first-team stuff last night, so give him the opportunity to do it. You get Brenton Strange in there as well, and Zach Koontz can get some snaps too. So, you're going to have an opportunity for, for a lot of those guys to play. And if, if, if the game goes the way you think it's going to go, you, you don't need too much of Fryermuth. Um, you know, it, it, we'll speculate that it's a head injury because it looked fairly obvious that that's what it was. Um, and if that's the case, no, no reason to, to, to rush him back out there. Well, looking ahead to Buffalo, again, this is a 7.30 kickoff, and uh, we'll get to the recruiting aspect here. It gives a, recruits a little bit of time to get to campus, and, and there are some notable visitors coming. But taking a closer look at this Bulls team, they come off an opening win against Robert Morris, 38-10 to win, another FCS opponent like like Penn State took on in the first game. Uh, they were up 21-10 to entering the final minute of the first half, ended up scoring this 17 unanswered points to, to put the game away. But, Sean, on paper, this matchup looked a lot more interesting, let's say, last December uh, when, when this team was in the MAC championship game. They started 9-1. and one, They won 10 games in the season. They had their finest season since joining the FBS ranks. And, and then they got hit really hard. They had a brutal offseason. Uh, their quarterback, Tyree Jackson, who was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year last year, uh, first he enters the transfer portal, then he enters the draft, doesn't get drafted, uh, and then they lose their top wide receiver on a transfer to Miami. A few other players transferred out. Um, and, and James Franklin actually took the time to point to this on, on Tuesday, uh, kind of how the transfer for portal could impact some of these uh you know the the group of five teams uh as players move on and, and try to pursue power five opportunities buffalo was hit hard so like i said a 10 win team last year the best season really in program history you can make the case for but the reality is week two of the 2019 season uh this just should not be as much of a test as we thought it could be for penn state yeah, a step up from Idaho, but I mean, you're going to have that no matter what. Um, but uh, Buffalo's got some—they uh, got some decent players. The pa- uh, Patterson brothers from Maryland. I uh, remember coming, them coming through the process a couple of years ago. I believe Jarrett is the lead back. I uh, had over a thousand yards last year. Um, so they've got a couple of guys that can run the football. They lost their top five uh, leading receivers. Of course, uh, you mentioned it before. Uh, Anthony Johnson went to uh, went to the NFL, and then a couple of the guys went to Miami, uh, Iowa. 
Iowa. A couple, I think one went to Maine. I, it's just it's anywhere but Buffalo. Yeah, anywhere but Buffalo. So, not quite sure what they bring back. Um, Zach Lefevre would be the guy that uh, that we look to based off of Week One. He had a couple of touchdowns, a six foot six tight end. We actually saw Zach Coons playing on the scout team last night to emulate uh, the size of Zach Lefevre. But it's all going to fall on Matt Myers. Um, he's a freshman starter, five of ten for sixty nine yards and two touchdowns. Uh, nice start to his career, but uh, really just uh, it, it's going to be a bit overwhelming with that defensive line. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be, it's what are they, four touchdown favorites, I think you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got Penn State winning big. We'll get to the predictions in a little bit, but uh, Penn State should should be a solid favorites in this game. Yeah, unless Matt Myers is, is going to announce himself as the new rising quarterback star of the of, of the MAC, uh, you know they're going to have a tough time here because he's got five pass completions in his career, uh, and coming into Beaver Stadium just at night, it's going to be a completely different environment. And against this defense, they got to be licking their chops here. They're going to lean on this rushing attack as best they can. This is a team that really has to do that because while they lost basically all of their notable parts of the passing game from last year when they went on a nice run, they did bring back those two running backs Jarrett Patterson Kevin Marks uh, Patterson had 14 touchdowns last year he was the offensive freshman of the year in the conference Marks had 13 rushing touchdowns as the other guy and he almost went to thousand yards so that's a nice combination but how long can you lean on that you know I, I think any team that's going to take on this Penn State defense you're going to have to have some balance to keep them honest and uh, you know again unless unless Matt Myers goes and, and pulls a Zach Taylor Appalachian State kind of moment out of his hat and you know quite frankly week one didn't show many indications of that but they're gonna have to let him sling it a little bit more so I think that sets the stage uh for some turnovers uh again unless this kid is ready to light it up and 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 show what he's all about he is Buffalo's first freshman starter since 1991 so I guess they like what they see in him but I I think they'd much rather be going in with six foot seven Tyree Jackson as a senior into Beaver Stadium yeah, Tyree Jackson just cut over the weekend as well by Buffalo. I think he's on a practice squad right now. But, uh, yeah, that's um, that's going to be a tall order going into Beaver Stadium for a night game, especially, you know, for some of these guys that are that are just getting their feet wet. And I think that's the, the thing when you're talking about Penn State's goals for this week is to get guys like Clifford and, and some of those young skilled players and offensive linemen, get them in that uh, atmosphere, in that situation. And, obviously, it's not a whiteout game. It's not Michigan. It's not Ohio State. But it's still a night game. It still gives you an opportunity to get some snaps in sort in of a different setting and a different atmosphere and I think that that's one thing that you can really take and, and Penn State can really benefit from in the long run is getting them a different kind of experience. You're not playing Idaho on a Saturday afternoon. And, you know, you, you, you've got the night game. I mean, it's different looking around at a night game. I mean, you, you feel it when you're at the stadium watching it as a, as, as a journalist or a fan or something. It's, it's just a different atmosphere. So you get that experience under your belt. Hopefully that helps you out later in the season or, or later in your career, especially for a guy like Clifford. And it's a it's not a primetime matchup, but it's a primetime game. And, and you have a long wait. You know, that that's a good thing to experience, too. What it's like as a new contributor, as a new starter to have to wait throughout the day while all the other games are going on. Keep your focus and, and get to that night game. It, it can be a long day in that regard. One thing that they do bring back in, in Buffalo is four returning starters on the offensive front, Sean. And, and you know, they're going to need to play well up there if they want to have any kind of chance of hanging around in this one. All four of those returning starters are their seniors or juniors one exception here though and it could be a pretty notable one they've got a redshirt freshman at their center position we just talked about the depth that 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 they developed at the defensive tackle position at Penn State 
if that's truly the case here, and again, Damian Barber going to be making his debut and in, in in his bigger role for Penn State here. I mean, you talk about being able to, to rotate, you know, maybe two, three sets of guys uh, that you like against a, a, a center playing, uh, you know, a second start on the road in Beaver Stadium. That could be, you know, that could be major problems for a team that really wants to get its ground game going. Yeah, I think, and, and and going back to last week, I think Shelton played fairly well, a pretty active guy uh, out there. So yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup. And you're just, I think you're just going to see Sean Spencer cycle those guys through. Um, you know, it might be a little bit with a with a FBS opponent coming in, it might be a little bit different uh, in terms of uh, of rep split and and series balance and things like that. But you want to keep these guys fresh as long as they can. And and by the end, I mean, I, th- I expect Buffalo to be throwing a lot in the in the second quarter into the second half, and and Pitt State's pass rush should really benefit from that. So you got an over under for uh, sacks this week? Because I believe you just you were <laughs> under first week. Yeah, I, I said seven and a half. I was way off. They only got seven. Um, but I think you know I I'm gonna go for this one six. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it down a notch. Um, but but not that much. I, I do think Buffalo will have some more success running the ball than Idaho. Uh, they're gonna have to probably abandon that at some point. But I think they'll be able to sustain that a bit longer than, than the Vandals even tried to do. Um, so I'll I'll lower it uh, just a tad, but. Not much. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go over on that. I think they. they I actually was thinking about six and a half is where you probably should have laid. Six and it a half I'm, is what I should have. I'm said. in that six seven range, so uh, I think they can get to the uh, to, to Matt Myers. It's a freshman. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot coming at Matt Myers. So that's going to be, uh, you know, a good learning experience for him in the future, no doubt about it. But at the same time, I think Penn State's going to going to be able to uh, maybe not tee off on him, but uh, have a good opportunity to to, to make him to make him scramble. One more note on young Mr. Myers. Uh, he's going to have to elevate the passing game because the supporting cast, as we said, depleted during the offseason. You look at their their two deep at wide receiver. Uh, it, it features guys who have no college catches. I think their most experienced receiver uh, has about 27 catches in his college career. Um, they've got a converted quarterback who made that move this offseason. Uh, they've got a true freshman, a junior college transfer. So it, it, they've been trying to put together the pieces there and, and – I just don't know where they're at right now in terms of, of their passing game progression. It will be tested. They do have some defenders that return. Uh, the linebacking group has some experience. James Patterson leads the way as a returning uh, returning leading tackler. Defensive end Taylor Riggins had five sacks last week, had a nice uh, performance in week one. And Joey Banks is, is, is their top returner in the defensive backfield. And they lost three cornerbacks this past offseason too. So you've got to like the matchups for the wide receivers for Penn State and what Sean Clifford may be able to do. Something interesting here, probably the most notable, well, definitely the most notable player to come out of Buffalo. Buffalo, uh, at least in recent memory, I can't think of anyone else. Khalil Mack, uh, who is now one of the best defenders in the NFL, if not the best, uh, he picked up a, a sack in the opener. And his, or, I'm sorry, his younger brother picked up a sack in the opener, Ladarius Mack. So if you do see the Buffalo player with the Mack on the back, uh, it is the little bro of Khalil. Um, hey, it's an important it, distinction there. Yes. Yeah. Not <laughs> Khalil Mack will not be taking the field for Buffalo. Sean Clifford, if you're listening, chill out. You're good. Uh, another solid punter, uh, Sean. This this is your wheelhouse. Uh, your boy last week, uh, because of kind of what the situation dictated, didn't get a chance to flex his muscles. But Evan Finnegan uh, for Buffalo, he set a school record last year, uh, nearly 42 uh, yards per punt average. So, uh, again, I think they're going to have to have to go to the well quite a bit uh, with their punting unit in this matchup. I'm done with punter hype. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Cade Coffee kind of, well, and, and let's be honest. It's he not was his trying fault. To, 
he was trying to hit people in the back, which I I love. I mean, that's a that's something I've never seen before in a, in a real game. But uh, in, in terms of trying to do it, he got John Reed once. Um, but he's a much better punter than that uh, than what you saw, and it was it was definitely on purpose. There was no reason he was trying to hit ground balls for forty yards, and 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 you saw when it worked. It worked really well. It just didn't work very much. And uh, and, and to be honest with you, good experience for KJ Hamler and Jahan Dotson, and probably a learning experience for Mac Hippenhammer. So so I. I guess my hyping up of the punter came full circle and really helped Penn State in the long run. So you're welcome. Uh, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, of Evan Finnegan this week. 41.8 yard average last year. Um, uh, is he good? I haven't looked at the tape, so I can't uh, can't really tell you that. But I think we'll see a lot of him this week. Uh, maybe he'll play dodgeball too and just just try to aim for John Reed's back. We'll we'll find out. Stay tuned on Saturday. Big punning drama. Now, when you look at goals for Penn State here, Sean, you know what do you want to come away with? Uh, clearly, I think offensive line. Every game you want to see them take a step forward. Take a step forward. You're utilizing a bunch of guys, um, and I think. Here, you're going to face better athleticism in Buffalo. There's no doubt about it. Um, they do have some experience, as I said. They came up, you know, they got some guys who posted some decent sack numbers last season who are on this roster again. And they have some experience in that front seven, unlike the secondary on their defensive group. But again, this should be a matchup where Penn State, you want to get to where you want to be you better look pretty darn dominant in the front group there. And and again, I think we're going to see a lot of Des Holmes, a lot of Mike Miranda, and, and I continue to, to get the sense that jobs, when it comes to Big Ten play, you're building your resume to be a starter for this team when you get to Big Ten schedule in these first few weeks. Yeah, I agree. It's just about ramping it up and going um, for, for, from one week to the next, improving it. Uh, they were crisp last week. They're going to try and continue that uh, and you know protect the football is, is the biggest thing. And, and it's not so much about avoiding a game-changing turnover, but you want to protect the football. You want to put yourself in, in situations where you go from that. And special teams, uh, we saw a very good start uh, for uh, for the special teams unit uh Excuse me, under Joe Lorig, and uh, it, it just go, you want to continue uh, little things like that, tightening things up. And by the way, I'm looking at Buffalo's. Uh, sorry, this as you can tell, I'm spacing out. Looking at Buffalo's uh, notable alumni, uh, it's uh, it's tough. <laughs> I think uh, James Starks, former Packers uh, running oh, back, yeah. was in there. Um, but that's uh, aside from Khalil Mack. That's that's really about it. Khalil Mack, uh, yeah, he's. I think he is. Pretty much solidified himself as the all-time Bulls alum on the football field, no doubt about it. Uh, we talked about defensive tackle play. I think you want to see them be dominant um, against this team in the interior, especially with that first-year center. Um, I think one thing you will look for here is just build that chemistry, Clifford and the wide receivers. I, you know, you get all those practice reps, but to do it in a game, that's where you build that confidence and, and to do it in front of the fans and do it in front of a television audience. We saw him go to Justin Shorter with the first two completions he threw against Idaho. Uh, want to keep Justin a- engaged in involved uh you know building up his ego on the football field so he can really be in top form when you get to the tougher matchups and and i think you know throwing a guy like daniel george and, and weston carr who we mentioned mac hippenhammer we know kj handler is going to do his thing uh, but i think you know any of these guys sean clifford uh, you know you want to build that rapport so you know you don't you're not sure when it's going to start to become less acceptable to pass the ball or when it's going to make sense to, to take clifford out which we'll, we'll get to in a second uh but i think any you know any kind of rhythm you can gain in this passing attack again stepping stones tyler what did you learn about will levis this week get down <laughs> whoa easy yeah, uh yeah check that the levels was on that one 
Yeah, you're going to. Uh, James Franklin shut you down with your question when you asked about Levis this week and basically just yelled, get down. Uh, Levis uh, needs to protect himself a little more. I mean, he's, he's 6'4", he's 240 pounds, and, and he's kind of a truck, but uh, he needs to protect himself a little more as a runner um, at, because Penn State is essentially going to play two quarterbacks this year if it comes to that. Um, you'd rather not see the freshman. We saw Michael Schuster come in uh, as the third guy last week. So, uh, But yeah, you learned that about Will Levis this week. Um, beyond that... Uh, uh, just stay healthy. Um, stay, just keep going forward. Uh, keep, I think, uh, keeping Clifford's decision making sharp is something that's going to be big. And you're going to see a lot of those backs again this week. You mentioned the receivers before. Continue uh, gaining that rapport and see what you can do with the tight ends because there's a, a visitor coming to town. We'll talk about it a little bit later after we get through our predictions um, because that that that's going to end up being important for this team. Uh, prediction wise, I've got Penn State winning 55 to 10. I think that's close to where I had last week. Uh, uh, I shorted myself last week, obviously by only picking 55, but I feel that's probably more in the, in the ballpark, 55 to 63, somewhere in there. I think Penn State can put up some points on this defense and really continue that trend. And with the atmosphere behind them, I think they'll, they'll be okay this week. I'm going to be a total downer here. I got 45-10. So not quite as dramatic of a spread as you, but I do think they'll cover whatever that spread is. If it's 28-29, I think they'll surpass it. Um, And, you know, 45-10, I think you're going to see another nice showing from the freshman running backs. I think you'll continue to get to know Kane and Ford as the season goes on. And I think they're going to meet that turnover goal that they try to set. They they want to force three turnovers per game in an ideal world uh, based on what Jesse Lucchetta told us uh, for this defense in, in 2019. I think they'll get there this week I have a feeling that they're going to get to Myers and, and rattle him and force some some errant throws and and, and and what we talked about being a situation that he's just not going to be possibly able to simulate coming into this game Buffalo plays I think in front of about 26,000 and that's if their stadium is completely filled so uh, yeah I like their ability uh, to, to go three four turnovers in this game um, and, and you know 45 to 10 and that, that maybe I'm the one saying I'm, I'm a little conservative this week and, and you know it's crazy to think about because I remember first seeing this on the schedule you know, last year when taking a peek you know, midway through the season and, and looking at the non-conference schedule. And meanwhile, Buffalo is putting together this 9-1 and start last year. And you're like, well, this is going to be interesting. And now here we are. And it's just, uh, you know, if Penn State doesn't put this one away, uh, you know, by the third quarter, then, then people are going to be scratching their heads. So a different reality than, than what we anticipated. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Penn State went 56 to nothing against Georgia State in a night game in 2017. Uh, I don't think Buffalo is probably as bad as that Georgia State. Three picks that night for Penn State, so I could see something something along those lines with the freshman quarterback uh, and a big, big, uh, big run for for Saquon Barkley. It was just uh, ridiculous, if I recall correctly. You know what, Sean? Sean, um, I'm feeling. So- let me be. A, I'm feeling a, a little bit more conviction on the prediction. Defensive touchdown. Their defensive touchdown. I don't know how it happens, but but I'm going to call one. There you go. <laughs> okay, fantastic, and and I wonder if the shutout's going to be in play again this week. Was we we saw Penn State not happy to give up the seven points to Idaho? Um, is what it is. You always want to shut out out there, um, but uh, we'll see if that's in play this week. And uh, like I said, fifty six to nothing against Georgia State in a night game a couple of years ago. You know, I I struggle to see a situation where it's not at least similar. Absolutely. And, and recruiting obviously uh, is going to be a factor. A night game gives you a chance to, to get these guys who have, you know, uh, their own football games to deal with. But before we get to some of the visitors here, um, there was a commitment uh, during Labor Day weekend. And in case you missed it, Devin Willock uh, committed to this program and he is a big fella out of New Jersey. I think we have him listed at six foot six, 330 plus 340 perhaps. Um, and Sean, this one came on Sunday. Keep going. keep going, okay. Keep going. He's uh, 355, 360 oh my. in there. Okay. Big, big, big boy. About and six seven barefoot. Um, so he's a he's got plenty of room for it, but it's also a bit of a reclamation project. You're going to have to take weight off of him and and build it back up. The thing that that Penn State uh, liked about Willick, and this is a situation that sort of evolved in the last week or so. Um, he got out there, Penn State. Offered him, uh, I think it was late June. He was set to this, to commit in early July. Was going to commit to Penn State at that point. Penn State taps the brakes. He comes back for the lash bash. Does not camp. That's a, a was a point of contention at the time. And you kind of th- thought that things would sort of go in another direction. Penn State told him they wanted to see some senior film, and that's something they tell a lot of people. Georgia was another school that wanted to see some senior film and and, and maybe make a determination in the future. Penn State saw his scrimmage film, and then they went and saw his first game film. They liked what he saw. He looked, uh, you know, fairly nimble, as nimble as a six-seven, three hundred sixty-pounder is going to be. Um, showed some decent feet. Showed some uh, some some good traits that they were looking for. Decided they had a spot for him. Of course, they have space in this class now, up to twenty-three in the uh, tw- excuse me, now up to twenty-four. I'm struggling here. Now up to twenty-four in the class of twenty twenty. Um, but uh, you want to throw some offensive linemen in there. And that's one thing that we that we sort of mentioned uh, last week on the site is right now on the scout team offensive line, there's one scholarship player, and that's Salim Wormley. So next year you're going to see a sort of a replenishment of scholarship offensive linemen. They have uh, five in the boat right now, still chasing a guy like Ibrahim Traore. Um, but Willick is a guy... I mean, he's a project. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, and it's a, it's a different kind of project than say a Sterling Jenkins. Yes, they're both huge, um, but Jenkins was a, a an athletic guy that you thought you could turn into a football player. Willick's a pretty decent football player, but you're going to have to tear him down, build him back up, and see where you can go with that. Um, they, they, it, it's one of those guys, and and I talked to Brian Doan about this. College coaches seem much higher on Devin Willick than, and this is not just Penn State, but college coaches seem much higher than Devin Willick's potential than anybody that flips on his huddle because his huddle's not that impressive. He's He's got some things to work on. He's obviously carrying too much weight, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this goes, especially in an era where you're going to start taking more um, guys everywhere, including the offensive line. So we'll look in a couple of years and see if this was a, a gamble that paid off, but I, I I mean, it's a project in every sense of the word, and, and but uh, but Devin Willick is a guy that a lot of people are hopeful for, and it's and it's 
it, it might just be that it might be hopeful it might not be or it might just be over optimism or something like that but they think they've got uh, a big lump of clay to work with in Devin Willick and we'll see in a couple of years this is a guy that won't be on the field for a couple of years but we'll see how that uh how that uh I guess uh I, I, I can't think of a word other than reach right now it's not a tremendous reach but we'll see how that reach paid off yeah, and maybe connect him with Caden Wallace ASAP and, and and so we can talk about Caden and what he did with his body his senior year and getting himself right now Caden I think was only about 325 pounds but uh Caden's also a few inches shorter uh, yeah, this kid can get it. He can get it going on his own and get to campus a head start rather than coming to campus and saying, "Okay, I'm here now. Let's break me down." Um, so we'll see how he approaches it. He is, as you said, uh, the fifth offensive lineman in this class. He joins uh, Golden Ochumba, Olufashanu, uh, Nick Dawkins, and R.J. Adams. And we're going to get to Adams in a moment. But I wanted to go back to what you said with the the scholarship numbers on the scout team for offensive line. Really quickly, we saw what scholarship numbers uh, on the other flip side can do for you because the defensive line at practice on Wednesday, they were getting in Sean Clifford's face. They were really testing that first team and second team offensive line group. And those guys aren't going to see the field this year. You know, Darkwa and, and uh, Ellie's and, and Smith Vilbert, but you know, they are making them work. And I think your goal should be to, to be able to kind of counter that also with your scout team offensive line if you can. Yeah, let's talk about that freshman group for a second. Uh, Smith Vilbert um, is just absolutely, I mean, it's just a bigger group. And we talk about in that uh, 2018, 2019, and even 2020 classes, they're, they're getting bigger. Smith Vilbert is absolutely huge. Uh, Joseph Darqua looks like he's put on a, a decent amount of weight since he's gotten here. He looks big. Um, Ellie's isn't the, the biggest guy and, and Beeman's not the biggest guy, but James Franklin singled those guys out last week or excuse me, uh, last night in his, uh, in his media, uh, scrum. He said that they're giving us a great look and we've improved because of it. And I think that's a, you know, as you continue to cycle defensive linemen through and Penn state is obviously going to play some of those guys early, like Adisa Isaac and, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, I mean, you've got an opportunity to, to, to sort of crack in or, you know, in the age of the portal, we're going to see some, some guys go elsewhere. So, uh, really interested to see those guys. And by the way, Sean Clifford, the first one to greet that scout team defensive line after practice, it was kind of a little aside. He sought them out, uh, you know, gave some, some hand pounds and everything like that. Um, so that was pretty cool to see some leadership there, but yeah, you want to continue stocking both sides of the line. Uh, Devin Willick is a guy that you're going to bring in. You're going to have on your scout team for a couple of years and, and then you're going to see what he has, but you need numbers on, on both sides of the line. And that's how a lot of the successful programs, Clemson, Alabama, that's the way they've done it. Penn State it looks like they're committing to doing that as well. Penn State lost a couple offensive line commits this summer. Grant Tutan, Aaron Parks leaving the class, and, and they're going to be fighting to keep R.J. Adams, it seems like. He's made uh, several visits to other programs. He's at a school at Woodbridge High School in Virginia where uh, they got a roster with a bunch of Power 5 prospects. Antoine Sampa, uh, a linebacker, one of the more highly regarded prospects in the 2020 class, committed to LSU, but also checking out other schools. So um, there's going to be Power 5 coaches coming in and out of that school. There's going to be opportunities to hop in a car with friends to go to different games and go on their campus visits but this weekend sean rj adams back in happy valley yeah adams getting back is is certainly something that, that we've noted as 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 one to watch um oh, those woodbridge guys they have off this weekend so they'll be all over the place adams only going to penn state which i think is a good thing um he's going to take an official to kentucky uh, nc state's still involved alabama offered recently lsu is the one i'm kind of watching closely to see where they're where they kind of fall with him because he wants to visit these places he wants to sort of take uh take in the entire recruitment and uh and go from there but to get him back on campus 
campus this weekend, I think is is a big deal. Um, you have to consider him a soft commit right now, just because of the the actions that are coming, you know, behind what he's what he's saying. Um, but seems uh, seems still comfortable with Penn State. He's going to get back on campus, interact with the coaches, maybe see a couple other commits, and and basically spend a day in Happy Valley, which we know that that, that can go a long way um, when you're signing that ink in uh, December. Yeah, when Nick Dawkins joined us on the show, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, he said, you know, sometimes you just got to remind guys or get them back on campus so they can get the same feelings that led to the initial commitment. And, you know, you just hope that he doesn't go to a, you know, a campus somewhere a thousand miles away and, and get feelings that are even better. Uh, but ultimately, it's a, you got to get to December uh, before you can sign any of these guys. And RJ Adams is going to be one to watch. He is Penn State's top ranked uh, offensive line commit. When you look at the composite rankings, he's the 15th overall offensive guard prospect in those rankings. Um, now, Sean, uh, there is another big visitor this week, and and, and Steve Wiltfong has the story up on, on our front page at this moment on, on Thursday morning. Uh, but Theo Johnson, who we've said, you know, very may well be that top target on the board right at this point. Um, out of Ontario, tight end, one of the best tight ends in the 2020 class. Uh, he's got a few visits lined up to Penn State. He's been a, kind of a frequent visitor. They've been there since the beginning with him, and he's getting back to town for this Buffalo game. Yep, Theo Johnson back in town. Big deal as uh, well. He's coming to watch his brother. Let's let's be honest. His, <laughs> his older brother Dominic is a quarterback for Buffalo. Um, so there's that. But hey, anytime you can get a guy to across the border and, and get to town is a good thing. Uh, you know, especially there was there was talk about him visiting Michigan last week. That did not happen. He put out his visit schedule. Of course, he's coming back for the whiteout for for his official visit. Wants to check out Iowa. Wants to check out Michigan some more. Wants to take an official down to Georgia in September, which is you know, one to keep an eye on because he's got a great relationship with the the tight ends coach down there. Uh, but uh, no, anytime you can get Theo Johnson back to Happy Valley, that's a good thing. I uh, don't know that Dominic Johnson's going to play um, or we'll see much of him, but he's going to be, uh, Theo's going to be in the house. He's going to talk to the coaches. He might pop into the recruiting, uh, the recruiting lounge, but he's going to sit with his family and watch Buffalo. But hey, just get him in that stadium, get him to see the atmosphere. This is a bonus visit essentially, uh, just to get him on, on campus and, and, and see what, uh, it's going to be different than the whiteout, no doubt about it, but to get him on campus to see, uh, what a September game against Buffalo looks like, because Hey, it's still a pretty darn good atmosphere. Yeah, Buffalo's in the MAC. There are games that are going to be closer uh, to Ontario and Windsor, Ontario than, than this one. So, uh, it's nice to get him to Happy Valley. I'm curious, will he wear any kind of Buffalo stuff? Because uh, that would be kind of awkward. That that would be kind of awkward. Our site will <laughs> will note what he's wearing and run it into the ground as a joke in the next five months. So, yeah, just look. We're looking forward to that one. Yeah, and, and just to re- readdress, uh, as you said, Theo Johnson put it out on Twitter, his planned visit itinerary for the fall, Georgia on September 21st, Miami official visit as well, uh, first weekend of October, then he's at Iowa for the Penn State-Iowa game, and then he's going to see Penn State back-to-back weeks, because he's coming for uh, the, the whiteout game, and then he's going to see Michigan back-to-back weeks, because the week after the whiteout game, he'll be in Ann Arbor, so he's going to be busy uh, busy doing his research and, and trying to make, you know, this is a kid who I will give him a lot of credit, even before he got to official visit territory he has you know logged a lot of miles trying to do his homework on this decision and uh very clearly some teams have come to the forefront penn state among them another guy i think you can put in that top group uh, on the wish list for penn state as they look to sort out uh the final spots of the recruiting class um Keandre Lambert, a wide receiver uh, down at Maury High School in Norfolk, Virginia. Heck of a start. We put the highlights up on, on our pay, on our site, and along with a little bit of a recap of, of where his recruitment has gone and, and what he's all about as a player, 190 all-purpose yards, a couple punt returns for touchdowns, and a touchdown reception. 
in the first half of his season opener. There was no need for him to be out there after halftime. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Keandre Lambert continues to show why he is a coveted commodity. Commodity, Virginia Tech, uh, North Carolina, Clemson, other schools to watch here. Penn State already got the official from Keandre Lambert, but he continues to be a name to know. We know um, what he can do as a wide receiver. Um, he's smooth, very athletic kid. Um, but when you pop the tape in from his first uh, first week, he's he's returning kicks. He's blocking downfield. He's doing a lot of things that you know football player. I think there was even a defensive highlight or two in yeah, there. Yeah, play, so. plays cornerback and he'll come up. I mean, I'm not going to say he'll rock your socks off, but he'll he'll come up and he'll wrap up. No, he's a cornerback, but um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's good to see that from guys. And we talked about guys like Devin Ford, who, who, when you put in their highlight tape, they're not just doing one thing. You know, this is not just Keandre Lambert uh, running a zero and beating everyone down the field. He's doing a lot of good things, which is good to see a side note on uh, receiver recruiting. Josh Downs, the North Carolina commit has reaffirmed. This is something we've expected for a few weeks, but it's worth noting because Downs took an official visit to, uh, to Penn state in June had talked about coming back for the whiteout group of Penn state fan, but North Carolina, Carolina um, obviously got some they have a new coach uh, so they've got the new coach bump a little bit of momentum from beating South Carolina last week which I can't believe happened to be honest with you um, but uh, yeah I guess uh, downs to North Carolina makes sense uh, from a standpoint of it's good you took a guy like Malik Mega um, I think he's got 13 catches in the last two weeks um, he reached out this week but uh, you, it's good you took a guy like Malik Mega because you're still trying to replenish those numbers at wide receiver yeah, Mega, one of four wide receivers who committed to Penn State this summer. Norvell Black out of Lackawanna College coming the JUCO route, and then a couple other high school seniors, uh, Jaden Dotton from up in New England, and then Parker Washington down in Texas. And Parker Washington, by the way, a guy that Steve Wiltfong has been raving about, got a chance to see him down at the opening. So uh, interesting wide receiver group there, and we'll see if Keandre Lambert, uh, Lambert eventually joins it. Uh, from the high school fields to the NFL fields, tonight is kickoff uh, in Chicago, Packers, Bears. You'll see a couple Penn State players on the field, a couple guys who were recently very well rewarded for their success in the football field. Uh, Adrian Amos uh, at safety playing for the Packers now. A rivalry switch. He went from the Packers for a big payday with, uh, or went from the Bears defense to, for a big payday with the Packers. And he'll get a chance to tango a little bit with Allen Robinson, uh, Bears wide receiver who, who got his nice contract coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars last offseason. We got a full list on lines 24-7. 30 plus guys uh, out, of the, out of the Penn State program that are in the NFL. Perhaps We'll see some more uh, hop on. A few of them are on practice squads. Uh, you know, we'll we'll find out. You know, in the next few weeks, you know, injuries always create need for roster spots. So uh, whether it's the rookies or whatnot. Uh, one one note here though is Ryan Bates. I think a lot of people were wondering what his status would be uh, because he left early, didn't get drafted. He lands on the active roster with the Buffalo Bills after getting traded from the Philadelphia Eagles. And another note here, uh, Kevin Givens. You know, kind of looked like it could be a sad story. He's another guy who left a year of eligibility on the table at defensive tackle for. Penn state to go pro for now he's on the the uh, scout t- or he's on the practice squad i should say with the san francisco 49ers he did not survive the cuts uh, but he is on the practice squad and, and and i think that's still a six-figure payday if you stay on the on that the entire season and you got an option to get bumped up so uh, again we have that full list if you want to keep an eye on any lines in the nfl this year that's up on lines 24 7 sean anything else to add before we wrap up here on a, on a thursday morning Real quick with the NFL, it's going to be really weird to see Adrian Amos in a Packers uniform, and also he's a, he's a captain in his first year, which is pretty cool to see. Givens, I think, uh, has put himself in a position to make a roster at some point. He had a really good preseason, so that was fun to see. And by the way, the running back that everyone talks about, uh, of course, Zeke Elliott, um, got his contract this week, which means Penn State's running back, which is better than Zeke Elliott, we'll say, 
uh, is going to get a big contract at some point. Uh, can't wait to see how much Saquon cashes in in the, in the long run. Uh, will he have to hold out to do it? We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, Saquon's got to be liking what he saw from Ezekiel Elliott this week. Yeah, and uh, Saquon Barkley carries a lot less baggage off the field than, than Zeke Elliott has accrued over his young professional career. Uh, big payday coming from Mr. Barkley. He's already got it coming from the endorsements as well. So good for him. Well-deserved. Um, that's going to wrap it up. And by the way, you said Amos is a captain. There's a few. AQ Shipley down in uh, with the Cardinals. He's a captain. Carl Nassib down in uh, Tampa Bay. He is also a captain. Uh, and additionally, I saw uh, you got Saquon Barkley, of course, as a captain in his second year. And, and if you watched any of those Giants games last year, the way he carried himself on the sideline, when he was mic'd up especially, he was a captain last year for all intents and purposes, I felt like, as an NFL rookie. And for those of us who covered Saquon Barkley here at Penn State, no surprise at all to see him shine as a leader. Uh, but we're going to focus back in on this current Penn State squad on Saturday. Uh, please join us for our post-game podcast. We'll get it up as soon as we can. Uh, it's going to be a late one, so if you want to stay up late with us and, and wait for that, that one we'll be happy to break things down uh, if not you know it'll be waiting for you on sunday morning and we'll bring you the latest from beaver stadium for now on behalf of sean fitz i'm tyler donahue thank you as always for your support please rate us and review us thanks for listening to the lions 24 7 podcast